filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Guys, we had two games this weekend, uh, and so I, I decided to cover both, um, which meant getting up on a weekend very early, like like on a nor- like a normal nine to five work week wake up call for a Saturday, which to me is just an affront. You should never be up that early if you can avoid it. Um, Jason, on, I, on I, Saturday. I have I've, kids; I've, I cannot avoid it. Well, yeah, you guys can't avoid it, so I get it. But I also have a boat question: How many boats did you take for these uh, uh, one games? <laughs> One vote. Uh, the the Alley Krieger Memorial Ferry was involved. Uh, fortunately, no longer carrying the signage of the Confederate that uh, it That's had good. been and may, some may say still is named for. It um, is in progress. It's named for Alley Krieger. Did not see any signage about Alley Krieger. We got to work on that, but uh, didn't see anything about any Confederate colonels. So you know we're halfway good. there, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. So, so th- does that mean we're Whoa, whoa, living on a prayer? Uh, I mean, yeah, 2020 feels like uh, it feels like that for everybody, I think. Wait, it's I September. Are you saying we're only halfway there? Yeah, yes. Adam. So, this is an 18 month year. Uh, oh, I think no. that's been obvious from is the it, start. We're, we're still you're, in you're, March. <laughs> um, you're both right. But yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I drove out there, covered the spirit game. That was fine. I, I didn't get sunburned like the previous week uh, where I was unprepared for being out in the sun for that long because it just hadn't been that sunny. Um, I hadn't been outside for like three hours in a row and just exposed to nothing but sun. So I was unprepared for the first game. This time, that's a, much easier. That's a, that's a big 2020 feel. Yeah, just just forgetting that a thing could happen. Like, oh, yeah, for, for, for multiple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Got out of there. They were uh, disassembling everything to get Loudon's game in because Loudon also played uh, at Segro later that night. Um, so driving back in, everything's going fine until I got to the GW Parkway and there was an accident. And I was just in very, very slow traffic. And I had been feeling good. I had my my uh, cold brew on the way in. I had a sandwich on the way in. And I had adequate food and caffeine. But all of a sudden, sitting in that traffic and just having to, I drive a, my car's a manual, so I'm having to constantly shift first, second, and then back into neutral to stop again. Uh, the shifting and the sitting uh, for that long, I just, my energy levels completely fell off a cliff. Um, and I realized I just started feeling real old sitting sitting in the car. And I finally got to the stadium, but I got there early because the DC game was at seven. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go get get myself some dinner i can order you know some sort of takeout and then walk in and pick it up real quick um so i decided to walk along the waterfront which is it was a pleasant day people were out doing stuff there was a guy um playing uh very loud music th- through a like speaker he'd hooked up like like a big speaker not like a little bluetooth can speaker but like a full-size amp 
Um, he was playing, and he had like a scooter, and he was just blasting music and going through the crowd. And I was like, I don't know if this guy is is a villain or a good guy. I can't figure him out. He's an anti-hero. Um, yeah, he he's definitely uh, doing something subversive. But I got my tacos, and I'm eating my tacos, and I'm like, this is fine. I'm having a good time. And then I got up and started walking back to the stadium because it was like about 5.30. And it's like, uh, by the time I get back to the stadium, it's going to be about 6, and it'll be time to start setting up. We'll have lineups. And I'm walking for a while, and I'm still walking. And I'm like, I the tacos did not restore my energy. I have nothing left. I'm on I'm on empty again. So I got back to the stadium, and I just sort of like sat in the chair. Like I put my backpack up like I was about to open things up and set my computer up, and I just sort of like stared off towards the sun was thankfully obscured by some clouds so i could just stare off into the middle distance for about 20 minutes by myself um and at some point i was like i guess i should go to the bathroom i guess i'll do that so i hobbled to the bat at this point i started having a pain in my calf from all the shifting (laughs) because my legs my legs are out of shape from not having to shift gears in rush hour traffic um because i just haven't had to um all of my driving has been there's no one out because there's hasn't been anyone out um, so I went to the bathroom and I came back and I had uh, some water and I started to like kind of collect myself again, but I had just barely enough to get through the game itself. And the game ended and I shut my computer down and everyone was like, all right, man, see you at the next one. I was like, yeah, see. You. And I like started walking out the door and I was like, I am good. I might fall asleep in the car. <laughs> um, and it wasn't like I had a tough day. This was not a grueling, physically demanding day in normal times, but in 2020 i was just completely unprepared to do all this stuff i normally do and uh i was a wreck when i got home uh i woke up the next day my calf just felt like someone had punched me in the calf so i had to like put an ice pack on and i was trying to use the um the little plastic stick thing that you use to roll uh muscle pain out so i was using that and then going back to the ice pack again um jason i highly recommend all car options that uh make it less hard to drive a car like automatic transition transmission uh like adaptive cruise control just like all the things that like make a car driving like less of a thing just let the robots drive your car don't you drive the car i don't want to drive a car let the robots drive your car i'm pretty sure the robots are going to drive me off a cliff very quickly once they get the chance um, I, th- I think I've, I've said enough things that they know I don't like them. Uh, so they're going to be I've like, started, oh, this is our and I just prefer not to get in a car whenever I can avoid it. We have, we have the three moods of automobiles on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, Hey, welcome in. This is filibuster, the old and broken and three moods of automobiles podcast. I'm Adam Taylor joined as always by Jason Anderson, Ben Bromley. We're all from black and red united.com where we talk about DC United and that's what we're doing tonight. We've got a 2 nothing loss to the Red Bulls to break down, and we've got an upcoming visit from Toronto FC to preview with our good friend Kristen Knoll. Stick around for that one. That game is Saturday the 19th, I believe. Yes. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, no one knows. I can't read my own handwriting here. So uh, Saturday the 19th, 7.30, Audi Field. I assume it will be on... WJLA 24-7 News. Yeah, the same. ESPN Plus and DCUnited.com. The same the same suite it's been. I just haven't seen that officially confirmed, but that's my assumption at this point. Before we get go any further, either towards Loudoun County or or Buzzard Point or further along this podcast, Benjamin, 
What are you drinking? Like I promised on Twitter, I am drinking Mountain Dew Code Red and uh, rum. Actually, I was okay. I'm out I'm out of vodka, so I couldn't put vodka in it. So I put rum in it, and it's it's just as bad as you think. But DC United <laughs> is rum. just as bad as you think. Uh, Cruise on. Can you hold that? Can, okay. can you hold the glass up for me? I want to. I, I understand we're not a visual medium. You, you're you're. Drinking it, it in a like stemless in. wine glass. I yeah. am drinking it in a stemless wine glass. Definitely, there's some murkiness happening in there that I'm not comfortable with. But when you were drinking it before the show, it looked like rosé or something from a distance. And I was like, oh, Ben's drinking something vaguely fancy. No, no I, pro- I no promised, listener, I promised this. I promised this because DC United is bad and this drink is bad. And I promised bad things to my body. And here we are. This is as close as I can get to straight shots of vodka without y'all doing it with me. Well, and you're out of vodka anyway, so. Yeah, I am. It, it's, it, I, I, don't do it, fam. Don't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Code Red is delicious. Uh, I mean, I mean, Code Red is good. I mean, yes, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's true. Code Red is good. Caffeine and, and chemical uh, food coloring that probably makes your bones turn inside out or something, but my my dear wife has also been taking my Mountain Dew Code Red, and and for her own purposes. So, are her own purposes dump- like spells, or is she just drinking it? I mean, who's to know? Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, I uh, we have fall ish weather coming for the first time. I love it. I love this it. Year. So uh, I I am excited because magically. Uh, half a gallon of apple cider appeared in my fridge. I didn't put it there. I, I assume my wife did, but it could have been, you know, the the gremlins or the trolls that park in. One, of your, uh, one of your children but, created a magic spell that created apple cider. Yeah, I, I'm here for that. So I, I, I took some old Overholt rye. I took some Laird's Applejack. I put it in the apple cider and I'm drinking that. And it is great. That's a good one. Do you, do you want to put some code red in it? I do not. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Tell me it's not uh, Code Red. It's not Code Red. Uh, I, I I try to limit my Code Red intake to like one per year. Um, and that one's at Taco Bell, I assume. No, they don't sell it at Taco Bell anymore. Baja, they only sell Baja, oh, Baja Blast, Blast, Adam. Come on. I haven't no, been to Taco Bell in years. Hold on. In Adam's defense, there was a period where they did sell Code Red at Taco Bell. And that was, was where it was awesome and dangerous. Um, that, was yes, was that is my formative experience of Taco Bell. But uh, no, if, if if you want Baja Blast, you have to go to Taco Bell. I think that's still the case. I don't think you can get it. I don't think no, you, you, you can. can. You no, you can't. Get it. You no, gotta go to Taco no, Bell. No, 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 no. No, you got to go to Taco Bell. In any case, I don't have any of the Mountain Dew family of products. Uh, though, if they would like to sponsor this show. No. And start sending me code red. I yes, would, Adam, I would Adam, Adam we, will, we will totally take Mountain I, Dew's sponsorship on this podcast. I want to tell you, I would be like, this is going to end my life sooner. And then I would drink code red all the time. Um, I'll take their money. I will. I just think that we are the polar opposite of the vibe that Mountain Dew wants from a podcast. Perhaps. we're Perhaps we are not extreme enough. I guess um, it's their money to throw around. Yes, exactly. And look, you don't have to drink it. You could just tell people you drank it. Uh, they won't know. 
uh, unless we have like a 24 oh, hour, we will oh, they will. money on this podcast. Yeah, a, a 24 hour filibuster cam that, that trails you specifically and monitors all of your eating and drinking. And it's like, why aren't you drinking the do, Adam? Um, in any case, I believe, I believe the verb is do, doing the do. Yes, that's true. They did have a whole ad campaign based around that. <laughs> See, you're good at it. Stupid. You're ready for it. This is this is how it's going to go. I've internalized it. decades of advertising. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm drinking Budweiser. A can of Budweiser. <laughs> Speaking of Budweiser products, I didn't pour it into a glass. It's just but in heavy? a can. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that sponsors NWSL. So I want their money to to go to them directly or as directly as these things go, which is to say, I have no idea how directly they go at all. Like I've said multiple times on this podcast, whenever I go to Bush Gardens, which hasn't been in a number of years because uh, nobody goes to uh, uh, parks in a pandemic, uh, I hold purses and I drink Bud Heavy when I go to. That seems uh, like a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Cause I don't like roller coasters. I don't no. do roller coasters. I don't, I don't, I don't do them. I just I I hold everyone's bags. I drink but heavy, and then everyone else can go on the rides. As long as you're as long as you're doing it without getting mad at everyone else for having fun. No, no, no. Okay, as long they as you're want, handling it. That's what I mean. They they want to have fun. I want to drink but heavy. We all get what we want. It's true. You can spend an entire day just drinking beers and walking around. Yeah, being outside. I guess we should talk about soccer, which is not no, necessarily no, what we no, want. No, we shouldn't. Incorrect, Adam. But it is what we promised our listeners. So that, that we will is lie true. About, we will lie for money on this podcast, but nobody is paying me not to talk about this game, so I'm going to keep my promise and and start off by saying at least they didn't just park the bus this time. I disagree. You think they did park the bus? No, no. Okay, so at least... They didn't. Ben Olsen changed it up, running out a 4-4-2 diamond with 17-year-old Kevin Paredes uh, in the 10 spot against the Red Bulls last weekend, despite some promising spells of play. Uh, however, United fell at home 2 to nothing. a couple of punch-the-wall-level defensive lapses, uh, sealing DC United's fate there. Uh, we are going to start with the good. We will get to punching holes in the wall, believe you me. We will, but we're going to start with the good. Um, Jason, they good. played soccer on Saturday. They actually looked like a team that could play soccer. Yeah, you know, before the game, I think I joked with you guys that, um, you know, looking at the last two DC games where they didn't want any soccer to occur, and then you see the Red Bulls lineup, and it looked to me like it was like, okay, this looks like they've got five at the back, and whether it's going to be – Five three two or five four one. It looks like they're not going to be interested in having the ball. What if neither team wants the ball? What happens then? Like, it, like, does the game start if one team refuses to kick off? Uh, what, we get into an existential uh, state at that point um, because if you don't have at least two kickoffs in the game, you don't have a game. The game won't start. Um, much like how a baseball game theoretically could never end, a soccer game might never begin. Um, but uh, no, this wasn't the case of you know, the Red Bull saying, you have the ball, and DC saying, oh, we didn't want the ball. Now we're stuck with it. I didn't want this. DC did want the ball. They they radically changed how they were trying to go about their business. Um, they wanted to possess. They wanted to dictate the tempo of the game. Um, 
I think they did do that. It's just that the tempo wasn't, they couldn't quite get it high enough um, to what they needed to, to start really creating chances. Um, the fact that this was a new forward duo with zero minutes played together before this underneath a new attacking midfielder who had not played underneath these forwards ever before. Um, it's a, it was had a difficult centrally at all at, with the first team uh, in training. Um, in training yeah. early in the season, there was a lot of playing uh, as the attacking member of a four-three-three in the midfield. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like all of it makes sense. It was a sensible use of the players that were in the lineup. Um, but it had the hallmarks of a formation that they'd spent a few days on, not something that had been worked on for many, many weeks and looked like a well-oiled machine. And so that's why the attacks kind of bogged down. Um, ben Olsen did admit after the game that they did not expect the Red Bulls to play five in the back, which they have not played at five in the back all year. Um, so, you know, and th this is the Red Bulls. There's a certain level of like, it's not necessarily the coach uh, determining the formation uh, to some degree for them. So they it, did get, go ahead, Ben. It, it, it seems like maybe Ben Olsen should listen to filibuster podcast because i feel like we were saying that that red bulls might play five in the back mark fiskin last weekend he he said something about the red bulls thinking about switching to a three backer or, or yeah. something like that but it was a thing that could happen and it did sure. but, <laughs> but it's still you don't have any even if you think about it you don't have any tape on it um, yeah. So there's not a whole. Well, lot sure. I, I'm just I'm just saying Ben Olson should listen to this podcast. I, I feel like there's a certain portion of the fan base that would be very upset to find him uh, taking the time to listen to the podcast rather than spending 24 hours a day on soccer and nothing else. Um, I mean, this would be soccer. Sure. This would be an hour of soccer or an hour and a half of soccer. Uh, from a billable hours perspective, maybe. Um, once we get into once we get into what counts, it doesn't count. I, I think Ben is technically right, which is the best kind of right. Yeah, so it's very a very DC way to be right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I think overall it was it's frustrating because the team tried to do something that everyone wanted to. Everyone wanted to see them come out and play differently, um, and they did. They tried it. It's just that. They weren't quite sharp enough going forward to create more than a, a few chances. Um, and the same mistakes that came up against the Revs and against the Union came up again um, because these goals were really bad goals. And it kind of takes the wind out of your, like I think Ben Olsen said, it takes the wind out of your sails and it really does. Yeah, it was especially, I, I guess, both encouraging and frustrating in equal measure because DC United really kind of limited the Red Bulls chances outside of those big mistakes. Like this wasn't a case of Chris Seitz standing on his head. The Red Bulls eventually did get more shots and more expected goals, mostly after that second goal when DC United was throwing bodies forward and then they were well and truly beaten after a while of doing that. Um, but through the first half, DC United controlled possession, had the far better of the chances uh, even if the Red Bulls had had put one on the board at that point. And then the second half, things kind of went very slowly, and as they often do against the Red Bulls in, in a second half. 
but it was encouraging. It was, it was a different way to play from this team. They built out of the back. They played one and two touch soccer. They were moving the ball quickly. Uh, Mohamed Abu played his most impressive game in black and red. I think um, in that midfield, we saw Julian Gressel try to play centrally to some degree of success, not, not abject failure or anything, not, not, not great from him, but his job was to hit early direct balls. And he did that. They didn't always come off, but uh, that they're, they're not high, you know, percentage chances by any means. There were some things to like from this. Uh, ben, I'm curious what you thought about Kevin Paredes, the homegrown 17 year old playing that number 10 spot. I mean, I thought he was pretty decent. I, 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 I liked him in that number 10 role. I thought it, uh, highlighted him a little better than his other roles have been. I mean, he's, he's energetic in that, uh, in, in that, uh, fullback role in a, in a three, five, one. Uh, but I liked him in the, in the, uh, attacking role. I, I, th- I, I like I've said, uh, many times so far, I think it's, there are problems with the way the team is constructed and that echoes back to the shuttlers and the uh, defensive midfielder as well. So I liked the idea of a diamond midfield, but I, I don't think they had the uh, personnel to execute it right now. Uh, I think Mohamed Abu, like you said, I, I, I liked a lot of what he did. I think he did a good job. Uh, I want to see him do a lot more. Uh, I want to see him in uh, Junior Moreno's role because I don't think Junior Moreno did a great job. And so I, I think you can shuffle things around and maybe maybe give Muhammad Abu more to do. I love Julian Gressel as a player, but he's not figuring it out right now. And I, I don't know what to do about that, but... He, he's just not figuring it out right now. And uh, maybe he needs a break. Maybe he needs a switch of position. I don't know, but this was a switch of position. Well, it um, was. Yeah. I mean, this, right. this is a formation that doesn't have room for, for wingers, right? Because right. you have the shuttlers, you have forwards and you have fullbacks. That's, that's it. Um, right. And he's, you should not put him at the 10. I think that's, that's pretty clear, especially when you have uh, other options in the midfield. So I, I, if you're going to play this, the shuttler makes the most sense for, for Gressel, I think, unless you're just throwing everyone mm, forward and you know. can put him at fullback. Let me but, throw this in for you. When you look at the game day squad that was out there, there aren't very many other players that could play the shuttler role. Like it's a weird situation yeah. where they have plenty of guys that can play the 10 but uh, they don't really have too many shuttler options. Um, I mean, there's one that I would have loved to see in that spot. And that's Moses yeah, Nyman. Moses Nyman, yeah. yeah. I, I would absolutely love to see him in a shuttler role with, with a true six behind him to sit there. I don't know if Muhammad Abu can play that lone six. I, I, I don't have reason to think he couldn't. I just haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, because he's generally been the more number eight flavored part of that double I mean, pivot when he's been next I, to somebody. at this point at this point we all love uh junior moreno but he's been bad this year and right i'm not saying i'm not willing to try it i'm just saying i don't I, no, i don't, I don't I'm know 
I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to work myself through this. I, I So I'm just saying that, like, it's time to give someone else a go about at that position. And right now, with the way the health of the team is, Muhammad Abu is that person. I mean, I, I guess for me, I was thinking to myself that if you're going to play this way at home, especially against a team that makes it clear that they are playing defense for soccer on the day, um, you need one more attacking element out there. Um, and whether that is playing Gressel as a very attack-minded right back, or whether that is picking one of Moreno and Abu to play the six, and then um, bringing in, maybe it's Yamil Assad, uh, maybe Kevin Paredes comes back a little bit to play as a shuttler and Assad is the 10, um, or maybe it's Pipa Higuain. Somewhere in there, there has to be a shift within the, the personnel out there. I think were, it was not quite attack-minded enough to break down the Red Bulls. Um, there wasn't quite enough invention, um, and, and maybe that's an issue. Um, I, I think as a plan, broad strokes as a plan, it was a good plan. Um, it didn't work in part because it's new. Um, plans don't often just instantly work the first time you try them. It's not a um, soccer doesn't generally reward that very quickly. Um, but the other thing is that the selection, the, the players in those roles, they need, I think the balance was a little more, this was more of a away game lineup in this system than a home game lineup. Um, but I understand why everyone was in the spots they put in. I, I thought everyone outside of, you know, the center backs, especially inside the box, uh, had a rough night. Um, but outside of that, I think there was a lot of at least decent. There was nothing where I was like, this can't happen anymore. This has to change. Um, but yeah, I do find myself thinking maybe maybe you ask Abu to come back uh, because if you're going to play a diamond, that six role, that has to be a player that can break lines and, and distribute a little more ambitiously than Junior Moreno tends to do. Um, I don't think he had a bad game, but I also think that Felipe would be better in that spot than Moreno is. Um, so that's going to be, if they want to keep playing the diamond and I, and I would like to see them stick to something. I think that's my overall, my overall takeaway from this game is, is not even about the game itself. It's just, you've got enough healthy bodies right now to stick to something, stick to this, uh, give this don't, you know, we've seen this happen this year where in the preseason, we were working on a different way of playing and then, it didn't really work against Colorado. It didn't really work against Miami, even though they got the win and COVID happened. And the solution was to ditch it. And apparently week three, if things had not gone that way, we were told on this very show that the plan was to try something else. Um, MLS's back was a very much like, look, let's strip this thing down and be as basic as possible. Okay, fine. Did, did that even but, happen? I don't remember that happening. It unfortunately did happen. Um, we we did have to live through that. Um, but then coming out of it, it's another shift after that. It's a shift to a different way of play after that. And then there's some injuries. And then it's the uber defensive stuff from the last couple of games. And then we shift to this again. It's too many shifts. At a certain point, you've got you've to say, this is what we're going to try and do. We're going to yeah. work on this in training. We're going to work on attacking specifically out of this setup in training. We're going to work on... Right now, apparently this team has two modes and it's either 
very good defensively, no attacking threats whatsoever, or decent going forward, but also completely unable to avoid two or three debacles in the back per game. Um, I wrote about balance in the preview. Obviously, they did not find the balance between those two polls. Um, Fred Briant brought up balance immediately in his postgame comments uh, for the same reason, because this team is all year really has struggled to try and play positively and create enough danger to make it work while also defending well enough so that you don't self-sabotage. And this was, this, this game is not a, this guy, this game could have been a zero, zero draw if it weren't for the self-sabotage side. And we would say like, okay, they outplayed the Red Bulls. They just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net, but they were making progress towards something. And that would have been a better place than we are now, which is, they that is how things went except they also screwed two plays up really badly and gave away two goals that are just the kind of goals that you cannot give away if you're going to be competitive much less actually good um and that's why it's that's why it's a different flavor of frustrating uh from the previous two games um because they did some stuff right they they did move away from some of the stuff that no one seemed happy with and they couldn't they couldn't carry the one good thing from those games into this one at the same time. It gets, it, you know, it's like you can only have one at a time and that's not how you win at soccer. You've got to be good at all of it. So I do want to talk about uh, Rivas and Kamara because I don't recall any passes actually connecting the two of them, but I want to give them another week, see if we see this against Toronto and we'll talk about it on, on next week's show, but we do need to get into those two incomprehensible moments. Um, Aaron Long got on the end of a Kaku free kick that was not the, like when you think of Red Bull's set pieces, you think of some kind of deception, some kind of even, even silliness, like six players running over the ball before someone finally chips it in uh, and, and looking for an unexpected target. This was just a, a ball straight to the head of Aaron Long running to the near post. It was the simplest play in the world and DC United just fell on their faces. Um, And then on the second one, yeah, go ahead. And then on the second goal, um, there was a little scrum in midfield. The ball breaks loose. Um, Pondant runs down the wing and just sends in a, a, a looping cross, not a driven cross even. And two DC United players get in their own way. Uh, Nobody marks Daniel Royer and he just has a, the easiest uh, volley you're ever going to get. No volley is all that easy, but um, when you're unmarked, it's a lot easier. And yeah, yeah they, they were both bad. They were both bad defensive uh, disasters. Yeah. I don't know what happened though. I, I don't know how they made these mistakes. Like what they just switched off for, for a second. They were expecting one thing and I don't know. I don't know what it was. It, that, I, that's why I said I, no, incomprehensible I, I, because these, I, I, these were just so bad. I think you're part. I think you're partially there. I think they switched off and it just that's where the team is defensively without Stephen Birnbaum. Is they that sometimes they switch off and the team is not as good defensively without Stephen Birnbaum out there. And that's just the way it is right now. They can do some things better with Frederick Briant, but. It, they're not as like they're a significantly not as good defensive team without Stephen without Stephen Birnbaum and 
having one player not there make this much of a difference is is bad for this team. Well, I want to know on the first goal, who was supposed to be marking Aaron Long? Because he was so wide open, I couldn't tell who actually was supposed to be marking him. It looked like Gressel was trailing him, and but I don't know if he, it was actually his man or if it was Chris Aduiachim, who was the closest guy. That's a problem. Nobody bumped his run. Nobody got in his way. Nobody was marking him. He was unmarked at the near post. They're, they're probably their top set piece target was unmarked. And then on the second one, they're, they're scrambling back after the ball breaks loose. And Briant starts marking space at the near post. Donovan Pines gets sucked in. And Royer is there in between Pines and Mora, the left back, um, who is not a center back in this game. And Mora, instead of chasing towards Royer, stays kind of keeps his positioning to kind of mark the space in between Royer and another guy who's further back at the back post. And so that's why Royer was so wide open. It's just, I, I don't know if, if Pines needs to come back or Mora needs to commit. I'm not sure what the right answer is, but somebody needed to do something. It's just the decision on two plays not to mark a target in the box is. Well, all right. So the, the first goal, uh, the Red Bulls did a good job of there's a little bit of movement within the line. Um, and it's DC is just, they, they are switched off. They're just behind the play. It's, it's reactive defending. Um, and so what you get is instead of, um, you know, Gressel starts out marking long and I think he was marking him earlier in the game. Um, but if you look at where they are, when the ball is, is being served in Gressel is, I, I think DC is expecting a back post ball. Um, is I, I think that the switch off manifests itself in the group expecting back post service and long is clearly set up on uh, the other side of Gressel. Um, and so when the ball comes in the way it does, Gressel's already behind him. And then um, I've actually pulled up the play to make sure I'm seeing this correctly, but long also does kind of shove Odoi Atom away from himself. Um, which is one of those things that happens on set pieces. And if it doesn't get called, then it might as well have never happened. But uh, yeah, that's that's how that goes. Is Long gets away from his marker, who's expecting one thing and getting the other, and runs into a zone where he just shoves someone out of the way, which is somehow sometimes how you score set piece goals. Um, DC United could maybe use a, a couple of disguised shoves on some of their own set pieces. Um, so I'm not even, I'm not even really mad about it. Cause that's just how, you know, most set pieces, if we look for the letter of the law, we could call most of them back because there's something like that in there. Um, the second goal, one thing that does need to get mentioned here, and this is a di- this is a problem that a diamond is going to run into. If you look at this play you, and fortunately the highlight, it does have a giant on the bench graphic that is not helpful. Um, but you can see the midfield is pulled all the way over. Um, you've got Gressel is out to the touchline. Paredes is near the touchline. Mohamed Abu is within seven yards of Gressel when the given the give and go happens that um, that gets Pendant free. But then when the camera pans out uh, and Pendant's hitting the cross, it's not just Royer in the box. They've got three. The Red Bulls sent three guys forward. It's one of the only times they did it in the entire game. And so when you suck the midfield over to one side of, of a diamond and the, you play with two forwards. So the two forwards stay up there and the diamond is all the way to the touchline. If you let them escape that situation, you've got big problems for the rest of the field because all your players are sucked over to one touchline. There's a lot of space that you just don't have anyone. Um, and so when Pendant hits his cross, 
you know, Briant is there to possibly cut the cross and also to cover the near post run from, I, I think that's Brian White that's in the game at that point. Um, Joseph Mora can't come help Donovan Pines out, but Pines is between two men. So he's got to say like, well, if Fred attacks the ball, I need to catch his mark. And if Fred can't get to the ball, I have to collapse back and get Royer. Mora is doing the same thing at the back post because he has um, Kyle Duncan has come all the way forward. That's the, that's the additional man. Um, so the Red Bulls executed how to break a diamond really well on one play um, and DC paid for it. So it, it's um, that's one of those, this is a formation that's new to the team because realistically where you snuff the danger out on this play is you don't let them play out of this space. I mean, the, there's a moment here where it's, you've got four defenders in a a very tight space, a smaller space that you would play five V two in. um, And you've got the touchline to help you and they let them out of there. Um, And there's just a little bit of hesitation from everyone involved and so uh, I think it's Kaku that is at one point mm-hmm. 1v4, but no one goes to step to him. No one actually does the, they're applying pressure to the ball, but no one does the physical, like, I am applying pressure to you right now step. So it's that conceptual pressure rather than the actual, like, there is a guy trying to take the ball from you. Um, and that's all it took. And so all of a sudden, one pass and you're, instead of being boxed in against the touchline and easy to deal with, pendant is crossing to three uh, three v three in the box so that is the danger of playing a diamond when you don't know how to do it um or you just haven't had a lot of experience and in mls at least the large majority of the time a switch to a diamond takes a full preseason or it takes most of a full regular season if you're doing it midstream um the union for example needed to wait to switch to the diamond until they had a full preseason to work on it last year it wasn't a or we'll just we'll just throw it out there and see what happens. It takes a while. Um, it takes a while because it's very easy to pull that whole diamond to one side and then play to the space. Um, once you get good at it and you start to become, you know, kind of a wall that moves across the field where the team can't play out of that, then you become really difficult to play against, like the Union uh, have mostly been uh, over the last two years. Um, but DC is not there because this was a, you know, we had a week to work on it in training look and they paid for it um and so yeah that's the second goal is not so much a the defense switched off thing it is the red bulls figured out how to pull the diamond to one side and take advantage of just just a lack of sharpness in how to rotate as the group how to defend out of that formation as a group i think you know looking at it again ola kamara might also be someone that could have checked back into that space and given them a fifth so then if you add a fifth number there, then maybe someone else feels empowered to go, you know, pressure, actually pressure the ball rather than just be nearby. Um, but that's something that will get better if they stick to it. If they, if this is just one more tactical option out of five, it's not going to get better. But if they keep repeating it, it will get better. It's just going to take time. And it, you know, unfortunately, DC United is bad enough where all the solutions are just going to take time. We have no, yeah, this is not a silver bullet problem right now. This is a, we're in the in for the long haul right now. And, you know, and to go back to something I, I've been saying since MLS is back, what I want to see is is progress toward something. And we've seen so many fits and starts now that I don't know if we've seen anything that can be called actual progress along the path. We've seen a first step and then two steps back and then a step to the left and a jump to the right. Um, 
we're doing the time warp again and then i not in a good way so yeah <laughs> with that incredibly forced reference we're going to call it a segment uh we will be right back with Kristen Knowles. stick around it's filibuster Right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you called the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or, or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster welcome back to filibuster the black and red united podcast dc united won't get much time off before getting to the next sprint of six games well three games oh, for now yeah, exactly. we we don't know it was supposed to be three sprints of six games each we only have three of them for the next one but the first one is against toronto fc they come to buzzard point this saturday night uh the reds are currently sitting third in the eastern conference on 21 points just three points out of first place and i'm sure you remember the the fairly dominant performance they they put against dc united at mls's back that tournament in orlando about eight years ago uh don't remember it over the summer yeah uh of course despite logic and physics both being things that exist dc united came back to to tie that game at two after being down two goals um anyway our friend Kristen knowles has agreed to to join us on the show again she's from the vocal minority podcast up there in toronto and she she's probably our most frequent guest on this show. We love Kristen and welcome back. Aww. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me back as always. What are you drinking tonight? It's oh I am I'm refusing cuz summer is not officially over. It's not. I'm so drinking am, apple cider. <laughs> I'm having a G&T, so Nice. Mhm. Love Respect. me a good G&T and I it's it's still well. You can drink them year round, but really, you know, I've got a week left. Yeah, just under a week gotta, left. So, I'm all in on this. Can I just say it? It feels like, um, unlike every other thing that's happened this year, having Kristen on the show for a game in July and then another game in September feels like a very normal season. And so, just <laughs> for like a very small amount of time, it's like, oh, this is normal. This is not a like we're talking to someone we haven't talked to in six years, or we're talking to someone we just talked to last week. Uh, we're getting it. <laughs> well, there's a normal we, rhythm here. That's nice. When we have Kristen on the show two more times in October, it's going to be, yeah. a it's gonna get it'll be a little bit like, Oh, Hey, again, right. But, hi. but it's not, it's not like us, us having a Vancouver guest on like once every 24 months. 
Right. Right. Or for us, it's not like talking to people from both Canadian teams um, every other day over the last <laughs> few weeks. Oh, hey, how's how's your team doing? You're, yeah, ready to go again? Okay, good. Yeah, it'll be fun. Awesome. Good time. Yeah. We're allowed to play more than two teams right now. Um, something, sometimes something it feels Hamilton. like we're playing two teams at once, but it's not the way it goes. Uh, something, something Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. That's, so Toronto that's the FC. Only Non-Canadian MLS team I know. That's all. Non-Canadian okay. MLS team. Yeah. yeah. York CPL. 9, is that one? Is that a team? That's Sounds the NPL like team. No, there yeah. you go. But Ben, you said non-Canadian MLS team, and, and they are I think they're the opposite of that MLS Canadian yes. team. Yes, <laughs> we knew what you meant. Words of like time word. have no meaning. The Hamilton team is called Forge FC. The CanPL teams have terrible names. If you don't <laughs> but believe, some me, of them have great jerseys. So that is very true. Yes, they the do. Best they ones do. being from the West Coast team. So. So anyway, we're here to we're here to talk about Toronto FC, who recently, I believe, tied the record regular season unbeaten run in MLS history. Yep. What Which was that? Nineteen giant, games. It was eight. Well, the the most is nineteen. They taught. Well, no, they taught. No, it's eighteen. Nineteen would have would have broken the record. So they had eighteen um, regular season games unbeaten, and then they lost two in a row and needed a very late winner from Josie Altador to. Uh, get back in the winning column. What the hell is going on right now? This is an excellent question, and I <laughs> wish I had proper answers. It's It's been a very strange couple weeks, not just because we are doing this weird little mini Canadian tournament to try to get into the Voyager's Cup, which is why the win against Vancouver was so important um, and why the two previous losses were rather distressing because... They're against teams that aren't, well, Vancouver. Vancouver is not a good team. Montreal has its moments. I'm sorry, Vancouver, you know, city of my birth, but you suck right now. And that's just what's going on. So, well, that's true, too. And we could talk about them, but we're not going to. Not that way. Um, So you you have Michael Bradley, who's injured, which happens uh, occasionally. And... All the time a, for everyone. From a certain Sorry. view, it's it's a it's a good thing because some of us want to see um, Liam Frazier get minutes because as long as he's on a team with Michael Bradley, who plays whenever he wants, unless he's actually truly injured, um, he doesn't get minutes. It's 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 almost it is like pulling teeth for this for this young player who is has a lot of talent and needs some minutes. So there's that. Um, then you have confusion in the midfield because we have a team that has like all the midfielders uh the defense has been a little wonky because Justin Morrow who is one of my very favorite players and who I adore um as a as a fullback uh he's been a mainstay for this team for many years now he was one of the turning point players that TFC signed several years back when they actually went huh MLS veterans maybe this would be a good thing and um, he's been he'd been injured, and then his backup has been injured, and then there's been, you know, there's been little 
strange things happening in the central defense. Anyways, it's just felt very much like the team isn't quite clicking or connecting. So you've got, you know, uh, a scarcity of starters up front. Um, Patrick Mullins is injured. Uh, Achar is injured. Akinola was injured. Um, Josie Altidore sat out uh, the one match, which I have zero problems with. I was glad that he sat that one out. I was honestly disappointed in the team that they didn't sit the whole match out, but that's a whole giant discussion that we're not going to do tonight. Um, but you've got all these sort of like, you know, and Josie's barely played, right? The only players that seem to be connecting are Pozuelo, Piatti, um, Auro, who is quickly becoming, you know, sort of like he's on a, min a mini Iron Man streak. You know, he's and he does it very mostly very quietly. It's it's funny. I I'm still when we first signed Auro, we were like, oh, I'm not sure what to make of this guy, but he's taken over the right back position, which has been an issue for TFC for a very long time, especially once they let Stephen Betashore go. Idiots. Um, <laughs> and he he has done some really nice things on that side of the pitch. He's got some speed. He's slowly learning that he can actually, he doesn't have to keep the ball all the time. Um, but he's done a really good thing. And he plays every match and sort of without question. It's like, oh, of course he's on the team sheet. Um, so there's only a few players that kind of seem to have any sort of connection. And so you're seeing that. Um, you're just, it just, but every time I watch them, it's, there seems to be confusion, even when you know you've got players that are, you know, who 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 are competitors, who have a high competitive spirit, who um, many of them are at the core of this team and have been for some time, and know what the Voyager's Cup means and know what um, getting into the CCL means, which is what winning this means. Um, and there's there's just been like a lot of disconnectedness they've been slow they've seemed unmotivated two of your best players do a pull a stupid fucking move with a penalty which oh is i love it yes. I love it was it. entertaining i know are you still are you still laughing ben yes um, i i am i'm still angry i'm still angry about it i know i should let it go <laughs> are you not entertained no are you not I'm entertained kidding. God damn it, no. Um, and everyone's like, oh, but if it had worked, I'm like, no, you're down. But it didn't you're work. Losing. You're losing. Just kick the and ball you... in the goal. Exactly. You're pulling a fucking stunt in a match against your <laughs> biggest rival to solidify your position above your other rival to get to the final of a cup that means a lot to you. And you're going to do this. And. It just and beef it so hard, and well, no, well, it 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 it, tech, it would have worked if someone had explained to Pozuelo and Piatti that he had to stay back just a little bit, and then I'm it would have blaming been blaming okay. those meddling kids in their main. He should general. have known that, right? Right. Um, you think he would know that, but apparently not. Um, so, you know, so there's that, and that that you know, sort of seemed to be like a bit of a domino. And then, yeah, the next match against Vancouver was atrocious. Um, it was such a slog to watch. And you, I feel again, that feel. You, saw, you saw, yeah, I know you do. You just saw, again, so much disconnectedness. And then you had the issue of putting um, 
and again, I don't blame this all on Simon. We talked about this on our show. I blame a lot of it. Well, a lot of it I lay at the feet of, of Greg Vanny for just being stupid. If you're going to put Laurent Simon in a back four on a fast artificial turf pitch against a team that has speed on the wings and up front, and you like to play a high press, and you don't put Laurent Simon next to Chris Mavinga, who at least can pull out an amazing recovery run and get his ass back. No, no, no. You put two of the slowest guys and still expect them to be pressing and up in the opposition box, which I was like in terror and horrified every time it happens. Um, you think you're going to get scored on? Maybe just a little bit. This isn't going to be good. Like it's the whole match was frustrating. Uh, the win, the following one was great. Uh, they got lucky. Um, they had a better, they had a better lineup, but they still got lucky. And yes, we did get finally, finally, um, a goal from Josie. It's his first goal this year. And I get that. I don't know about his fitness situation. It seems to be taking him. Well, it's Josie. So it's taking him forever. Um, whether he's distracted, but he's seemed distracted on the pitch. But that goal was great. But the the best part, of course, is the banter with the Vancouver fans, which is what we 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 is what we really love Josie for. It's not so much the goals; it's the it's the clips and the quips and the memes that we get from him. Um, I mean, every so, day he comes into the the kitchen, into the, the laboratory, lab. exactly. Cooks to try up. to yeah. put some opposing fans in their place i love i I just love the pettiness of it how he could celebrate and do a kai kamara celebration but no he wants to find the two people in the stands who wronged him and he's going to yell at them and only make them pay well it it was easy this time because montreal is allowing a handful of fans and so you really can look at the exact person who you know has yelled at you earlier um and I guess, you know, grin at them and shrug. It was so funny. It was so funny. It was like, yeah, it was so good. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been weird. And this like of obviously this whole year is weird, right? Like it's. It's so hard to just be. Frustrated in general or celebratory in general, but there are ways and reasons. So, yeah. Um, right now we're we're waiting for you know we're hanging on a thread to advance to the voyagers cup final because um montreal did what toronto couldn't do against vancouver the first match and yeah now we have to wait we have the white caps have to pull something miraculous out so that toronto can advance otherwise it's can they get into a cup final and win again Eh, who knows so it's weird it's very weird it's uh you know a lot of people are calling for why aren't there academy players being played or young players being played but a bunch of them got loaned out to can tl sides during the island games tournament which was great because it got the minutes um and we have a new defender speaking of our left back issue we have a new defender now so from liverpool Exciting. Exciting. No one knows who this kid is. <laughs> is it just like how v- Victor Vasquez was from Barcelona? 
Um, no, no, I think, well, he's, he's young. He's, he's literally a kid. He's like, what, 20, 21. So he's had maybe three appearances actually on the pitch for the senior side, but he's played, he's with that portion of the club. So no, it's, it's, he's a baby, right? So he's a baby left back, spell out Justin Morrow, give Richie Larea some more time to play in the midfield, I guess. I don't know. He's at least a left back. Yes. <laughs> it's a good game. We like it. <laughs> so I, I, I just want to dig in a little more. Dig away. Uh, Josie and Michael Bradley have been there for a while. Uh, what is TFC's plan going forward about big players they sign players from uh from barcelona from foreign countries a lot they sign u.s men's national teams players they've done like they've they've made mls cup what three of the past four years yep something like that they're a great team right now uh but what's the plan this year what's the plan going forward well, and that's that's a question that a lot of us ask, and it's hard to get a straight answer out of out of management or out of the coach on that, which I get. But conventional wisdom, you know, scuttlebutt is that again, this 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 team for this particular year before COVID happened um, is that that's why you see so much of the old core still with the team. And I wasn't trying to emphasize old, but they are aging. Um, is that this was because they somehow made it to the cup last year, which I still don't understand. I will never understand how TSC made it to the final last year. It doesn't, it defies all soccer logic. Um, but that they're, this cult- they're, they're actually good. You, yeah. you, Kristen, 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 you're a fan of sure? a good team. You're a I, fan of a good sure? team. <laughs> like in 2017, I was a fan. Anyway, um, but. You have so distorted have, standards. Yes, I do. It's very strange. Um, anyway, so, but they, they were keeping this core together because they figured they could get one more year out of this particular main group and make another run for the cup. Like that was, that was sort of their focus. A few supplemental pieces, Pozuelo's rested, uh, Piotti, who has been you know, the surprise, really. Everyone was like, oh, injury concerns. We don't know much about this guy. He's been healthy. He's been productive. He's starting to click with numerous players that he needs to be clicking with. He's actually been one of the more consistent players. So he's actually, it's been a quite enjoyable addition. Um, but yeah, like you have players who are starting to age out of their positions. Um, you know, Brad, Michael Bradley... Like they're gonna let him play for Toronto as long as he wants to. Like that's that's what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got some defenders that are you know. So like I said, Justin Morrow, he's you know thirty three, thirty four. In 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 the MLS game and in the modern game, that's getting old for an outside back where um, you know speed and attack is uh, expected of them as opposed to being a stay at home defender. You have that. You've got. You know, Omar Gonzalez, all-star, you know, MLS defender, one of the best defenders around and made a huge difference when he came to Toronto last year. He's not young, right? Lauren Simon, 
again, all-star defender, uh, you know, has, 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 you know, was amazing in Montreal. Has had his moments in Toronto. Gets used wrong most of the time. Um, again, he's getting up there and you look at your, your, your mid, like there's, there's all these little pieces where they've got to start transitioning younger players in and they keep saying they're going to, and then they don't because they're backed by MLSE who likes to win. And TFC is one of their winningness, you know, properties right now. The Raptors have, you know, have had, have been brought a lot of joy. The Leafs are useless. Um, (laughs) So there's these, there's these pieces in play that sort of give you these moments of pause where you feel like they're going to try this just one more time. Oh, we can just squeeze it out when you're waiting for them to be like, you know what? It's time to say goodbye to Josie. It's time to, you know, sign some new defenders, which it's been for a long time. Um, It's time to sign a new midfielder. Um, You know, if you're not going to let Liam Liam play. Uh, Well, Michael Bradley is again, Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley isn't young anymore either. Right. And he is, he did some fantastic things the second half of last season. Um, I, I, you know, he's, he's a very strong player, but again, at some point you've got to start transitioning somebody else in there. Cause we don't have, you look at, you look at the midfield for Toronto and other than Liam Frazier, there's not really someone who plays defensive midfielder. That isn't their, 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 their home position. You know, Marky Delgado, He's an attacker. He's a, you know, a water carrier is what they like to call him a lot. But, you know, he likes to go forward and and shoot things, right? You know, usually not always well, but he does some nice things. But he's not a defensive midfielder. Yeah. He's he's an attacking midfielder. Jonathan Astoria is the same way. Obviously, you know, Piatti, like dudes, we don't have, if you look at the backups, Nick DeLeon just, is just, not. Just put, yeah, just put Nick DeLeon back there. He's a number Nicky six. can play anywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But again, fact, Nikki's, do you Nikki's think not that like boy anymore. when you leave DC, you could just leave Nikki here? <laughs> no, I refuse to allow that oh, because he I, is he, he is delightful. I've always liked him. He's a good kid. He we is a good too. kid. Sorry, you can't. If you won't give me Bill Hamid, you have to leave Nikki Leon <laughs> with us. So that hardly seems fair, but <laughs> I mean, does I'm not in a position okay. to actually. I very much like Quentin Westberg. He has been a delightful addition. Um, he has a lot of very good qualities as a keeper um, in terms of distribution, communication, uh, the way he reads the pitch. Maybe not be as acrobatic as some keepers, but he generally knows his positioning. Um, and the fact that he's multilingual and considering who, what is usually lining up in front of him is key. Because he can talk to all of the defenders in their own languages, it's 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 a good thing. So, uh, Kristen, we we mentioned earlier the um, <clears throat> the debacle with that penalty kick, um, and I, I guess looking back at this weekend with with Josie scoring that goal, um, you know, at what eighty eighth, eighty ninth minute, um, uh-huh. how important was that to actually like? kind of fix the tfc mentality because they that penalty was then prompted followed up by another loss and then they were on 
on their way to not winning a third one. So they had been on a roll, you know, 18 without losing. And then all of a sudden one terrible decision did seem to kind of derail the whole thing. Do you think getting one over on Montreal has helped or is it still one of these, like, I don't know what to make of these guys right now. It's like, I said, like that was, it's still a befuddling moment to me because it seemed such an odd decision. Like when the, when the, when the penalty was called, everyone was like, all right, good, great. No problem. We're down one goal. doesn't matter. Pozuelo's got the ball. He has been uh, amazing from the spot. He is our go-to guy. No one else. I think he had never missed, defending. right? Um, maybe once. I think, okay. I think once, but otherwise he is like textbook goes up there, whatever, whenever, if it's a paninka, whether it's just like firing it into the corner, it doesn't matter. He does his job. He gets it done. Beautiful. And then, and then it happened. And, <laughs> you know, the coach is mad because the coach said, I had no knowledge of this. The mm. players are like, oh, we totally planned this. Morons. Um, so, so, so dumb. It's so dumb. So you've got <laughs> your teammates who are looking at you like, what the fuck? These are our biggest rivals. What is wrong with you? We're losing. So you've got like messed up mentalities on the pitch. Who knows what's happening in the locker room afterwards and how much they think about it and how much they focus on that, knowing that losing that game has changed so much for them trying to get to this Voyager's Cup final um, because a tie in that game would have still kept them pretty solidly where they needed to be. And then again, you get momentum, right? But you lose to your biggest rival in a stupid way. And, you know, we have to move past it, although it's delightful to, to harp on it just because it was so dumb. Um, Cause you need, you need your two best, two of your best players or your two best players um to be dialed in and to not be thinking about it anymore they need to be focused on you know the game at hand and what's happening and and the last match you saw some nice things from both of them right so um but yeah again the fact that it took until the very last minute in that match for you know a very unexpected uh moment uh, a breakdown to happen for for Josie to score that goal um and now they can't do anything. Like it's it's out of their hands. They're just now they're waiting to come see you guys, right? Like they've got a week or so of time off in Toronto, just hanging out. Um, and there are worse places to you know just hang out oh, for a week. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. Although they're they're not really allowed to do anything because then they have to come there and then they have to come back here and corn. But um. Yeah, it's it's a frustrating thing to know that you have on paper an incredibly talented team. Like if you just if someone had just shown me this roster, I would have been like, "Yeah, let's run with this. This is amazing." And then you watch them play um, a team that has been very up and down under Thierry Henry, who has surprisingly, I think, some good coaching chops, and it kills me to say that because I do not like him. Um, I respect him as a, no, I don't even respect him as a player. No, forget it. I just don't like him. I like him. I like him in a, I like him. I like, I like how he, I like him in terms of the, of the, of the outside world in the footballing world. I do not. Um, 
you know, and he's got, he's done, he's start, you can start seeing what he's doing with that team. Mark DeSantos in Vancouver, like, it's such a cluster there. And, you know, they keep sitting guys that you expect to play. When Freddie Montero came into the match last night against Montreal, I just about fell off my couch um, because they've been sitting him deliberately. Mm -hmm. Uh, They honestly just get rid of him because he's trash, but that's a whole other discussion. And so you have these teams that are not good. And TFC, I shouldn't be surprised because TFC, unfortunately, have a habit of playing down to their opponents when they are teams that they are not particularly afraid of. They get lazy. This sounds good for us. Yeah, (laughs) shut up. Um, They get lazy. They get lackadaisical, um, which they should never get against Montreal, which is why we're all very frustrated. Um, But the, the, just sort of like the mentality hasn't seemed to be there. Um, And, you know, it could be any number of things. It could be just, Poor coaching, poor practicing, or it could be outside things, but it's all equaling to a team that has looked lackluster. Um, coming out of the the COVID Cup tournament in Florida um, and into all of this stuff. So, and then we get to come see you. Yay. Yeah, Toronto's finally leaving. Well, all the Canadian teams are finally getting to to leave Canada for a game. Um, maybe having to is the, the better phrasing there. Do you have any idea what the plan is at this point? I There have been rumors that they're going to be, that TFC specifically will be at Red Bull Arena or maybe in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, if and when they play a home game in the U.S. during this next sprint or two. Do you have any clarity on that? Uh, TFC will be in Hartford. That has okay. been, that has been announced um or declared and i don't know i'm assuming montreal is now going to be at red bull arena um but yeah tfc what's what's the name of the of the facility in hartford where they actually the national team is played there wrenchler field yes yes that sounds that sounds right um so yeah so that is I feel like GE Toronto's- has a sponsorship there too. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of like reason. some company it's probably, field it's probably at the Wrench other reason field. because GE got their their horrible claws into several of the Canadian teams. So yeah, they're playing at Pratt and Whitney Stadium at Wrenchler Field in yes, East Coast Pratt and Whitney. Um, so what's funny is it's their home stadium and they're playing one game there in this three game. <laughs> Uh, journey. So we're away to you guys on Friday. Um, they go to Red Bull Arena to play the Pizza Rats the following Wednesday. And I mean, then, which, at this point, which ones are the Pizza Rats? That's that city. Okay. You've seen this the 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 rat in the subway with the pizza. Oh yes. No, of course. But I mean, they're okay. Both, but that's... they're they're both shitty pizza teams well yeah but but the but the new jersey team hasn't had a video of a pizza of a rat carrying a piece of pizza True. through a subway system so i mean City maybe Light the rat was a, I mean rat. it was in the subway system maybe it was a strap hanger from 
from <laughs> I guess Harrison or somewhere Maybe. else. Maybe. No, no, but they're always the energy drinks. That's their that's their True. We don't we don't we don't have a cute nickname for you guys. We just call you DCU. We pretty much always have. Um so you're that's welcome. Good. That's good, but also sad that we we have. We're not, not good enough to be hateable right now. To have a nickname. no, 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 no. You're just your team name isn't stupid enough or location. Um, you know, like the New Jersey team. I refuse to call them the New York Red Bulls because they don't play in New York. Um, and this is why we're friends. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So and then yeah, so TFC have a home game in 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 Hartford um, against the Crew. A week and a half from now or almost just under two weeks from now so and then who knows what's happening after that nobody because then there is the potential that toronto has to return to canada to play in the voyagers cup whenever that happens and then you've got campiel teams that are going to be done their tournament this weekend and waiting now for canadian mls sides to return to play in the final of this tournament to see who goes into the CONCACAF Champions League. But when teams come back, they're going to have to quarantine. Like, it's all very, who knows? 2020. <laughs> it's all very 2020. It really is. This is what, day, like, 573 of 2020? I don't know. I mean, yeah, this is day 600 of March 2020. Yeah, it's lousy we March weather. We stumbled into the fact that the 2020 is also going to have 18 months this year. Uh, we're stuck with ah. that now. Yeah, and yet it's, it's still March. Yes, we don't know when the months roll over, but there will be 18 of them. <laughs> it seems reasonable. So before so, this podcast gets gets to be 18 months long, um, let 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 me ask you: How would you prepare for? a game against Toronto FC at this point? I would, well, I would, I would prepare two ways. Like the TFC's had time off, right? So they've had, they've had a good long break. Um, So they've had a bit of rest in terms of, you know, not having to jump between cities and matches and that. So they're well rested, which means some players with knocks should be fine. Um, There'll be no, we're resting said players because we're playing on turf issues, which was something that they did in the last match as well. Um, So you should see with the exception of Michael Bradley, um, most of TFC's sort of top starting 11. Having said that, um, if you're going to attack, like you look at the wings, but the wings in some ways um, are often can be the weakest depending on who's there. So if Justin Morrow's starting, you want to go down that side. And again, it pains me to say anything bad against Justin Morrow because I adore him. He's one of my very favorite people in the entire world, but he is, he is slower. Now he is a more tenacious defender than Richie Larea, who will go down if you breathe on him the wrong way. He's learning too much from Josie. Um, and if, if you've got, um, sort of a mishmash uh, midfield, you're actually probably better suited to try to punch a hole through the midfield and um, split the guys out to the wings. If you're shooting on Quinton Westberg, you want to aim for the high corners, um, you know, high percentage shots from uh, odd places, because again, he's a really smart keeper. He's not ultra acrobatic. 
and you can surprise him that way. Um, headers are not his friend. But if you go on him one-on-one, -on -one, you're probably doomed because the man has the uncanny building ability to shut people down. All right, we'll see if DC United can actually manufacture any 1v1 opportunities with the keeper <laughs> this weekend. Uh, they haven't done many of those recently, and when they have, it hasn't gone well, but, you know. Excellent. I, I will pass that on. Not that anyway, I know anyone's <laughs> a team to pass that on to, but I'll try. One touch sooner. That, that should be DC United's mantra. Do everything <laughs> one touch sooner. Um, Kristen, to any new listeners we've gotten since the last time you were on, tell them where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me online at Casey Knowles on the Twitters. You can find the podcast at uh, vocalminority.ca or at vocalminorityca if you want to listen to me and my cohorts ramble and malarkey our way through the world of football. So kind of like these guys, which is why yeah. we're all friends. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like for like. That's what exactly. you know, sometimes... The, you got to do it. Find Thank us, you. of course, at blackandredunited.com, patreon.com slash filibuster if you want to throw some money our way. Find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. We really do read them all, even if we are not very good at responding all the time. Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to spread the word. And we really appreciate any word of mouth that, that you put out there. For Jason and Ben thanking Kristen Knowles one last time, I'm Adam Taylor, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I'm jealous of Ben and his code red drink. I don't care that he said it was bad. I, w I wish I had it. Thank you.